few people in already, so we will get started. Hi Tess, how are you doing? Hey Mike, I'm well thanks. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Very well. Uh, so for those that maybe don't know, uh, who are you and what are you doing at the moment? Um, I I would say I'm a Durham geographer to start with, but okay. I'm also a, a GB hockey player. Um, <laughs> I joined the GB hockey program 18 months ago when I was 19. I'm 21 now, and um, from a from a hockey point of view, I played for East Grinstead. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play for Durham University, but then I had to transfer down to East Grinstead. Um, and yeah, hoping maybe to go to the Olympics next year. That'd be amazing. Um, so, you say you sent, uh, you got into the GB program when you were nineteen. That's pretty young. So, how did you find kind of initially that kind of move from kind of juniors kind of into seniors? Yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Uh, I will be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in the under twenty threes EDP, the Elite Development Program. Um, for Great Britain for about a year and a half, two years before. Um, And I had seen the seniors. I was, like, obsessed with the Rio Olympic gold. um, And I didn't really think that Tokyo would ever be something that I should aspire to. Um, And then I went to the the Women's World Cup in 2018 in the the summer. And I just sat in the stadium and I was just blown away by – the atmosphere and the players and something changed inside of me and I was like oh my word this is what I want to do um and then it was actually just two months after that when I I got a call to trial um and my instincts were just like yes 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 so um jumped into the deep end with the first week of trials and I was a bit nervous and you say like what's the difference between junior and senior and I think probably the first one is just like the majority of the players you're with yeah. um, I went in full full formal full handshakes um to start <laughs> with because I thought that's the only way I'm going to be able to cope with this um the the intensity of senior hockey I mean we're fortunate to have um Paul Revington as our EDP coach who um drilled into us intensity and like perfection of your ball carry so I was like hey if I get my ball carry right in this (laughs) I'll be all right (laughs) then I'll I'll, I'll be okay um yeah I mean I think probably the the biggest change from junior to senior was um kind of like what you're playing for um, as soon as you enter the, the team, you realise that we're doing something that's greater than than just playing on the pitch. It's sort of the legacy of of, um, of GB hockey, which I became very aware of very quickly, um, and something that is, is unique to that senior environment. So um, those are probably the, the yeah the things that that struck me most moving. It's really really interesting you saying that last piece and how your face kind of lit up when you were saying it's more than just playing hockey. Like it's it is that kind of legacy piece, and it was it's really nice to see how how important that is to you and 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 just to see it on your face. Like I said, yeah, yeah, I I can't I can't hide it to be honest. (laughs) My teammates, my teammates take the mick out of me because. They're like, oh my god, you're you're going too deep already. I imagine, um, but I mean, I think, like for me, it was 
our welcome ceremony, um, which I didn't I didn't know existed. Um, but it's where the the team in like welcome you into the squad once you've been formally um, uh, invited to be to become part of the squad and um, members of the team explain your the values of the team um, and the captain says a few words the coach says a few words and then Holly told me that I could say a few words and so in my head I'm like <laughs> excellent time for a speech here we go <laughs> I just assumed that it was like okay this is your opportunity to to, to speak um, and I've got I got a lot of stick for the length of my speech by <laughs> I wanted how, how to long get, was it <laughs> I don't remember. It was all a. It was all a bit of a blur. It was a lot of laughter and some. Uh, I probably was borderline tears. Uh, but why? What I tried to get across was that. So, our values like are inspire the future, be the difference, create history, and I got handed a, a notebook with the values on them, and that was game changer for me because the inspire the future which they created for the rio cycle like i felt resonated so much with me because you because are I was the future what they were yeah what the, those players what they achieved and what they represented massively impacted me and just from like the world cup point of view if i hadn't gone if they hadn't hosted the world cup and if i hadn't seen them like even though they didn't do as well as they had hoped, just being part of it, I think, was enough for me to, to see that. So I'm incredibly grateful for, for them and hopefully, and that's why I feel like there's a something even greater which is inspiring the next. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that World Cup was amazing, you know, went to a few of the games and that stand was so oh like, goodness. and the noise that came out of it was just yeah. incredible. Yeah, and I just the the hockey like the campsite that they had nearby, and they had all of the stars of the players as you walk to the stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, I've got <laughs> um, my Instagram story for about two weeks was about as many games as I could get to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was booking my train tickets before I had even got tickets. I was just hoping someone would like ring me up and say, I've got a spare. And just saw you out a ticket somehow. <laughs> yeah. Even if it was in the, even if it was in the, in the, in the sky. Doesn't matter. You just got to be there. Yeah. Um, so how did you get into hockey? So I got into hockey probably because I couldn't continue to play rugby, uh, which is a, a funny way to go about it. But, I um, played for Cambridge Rugby Club on a Sunday um, and then I realised, like I got to the age of, of 10 or 11 where um, it was becoming contact and I was su- like subtly in- informed that I probably should tr- not not be there for the contact and try hockey. So my mum took me along to um, to a Sunday hockey with Cambridge City and uh, I was like no I'm, I'm gonna hate hockey I, I just I just want to go and play rugby please um, anyway <laughs> had our first session 
and I, I distinctly remember it was like this huge obstacle course where you all you had to do for like the whole session was just go around these cones like try lifting the ball in the air do whatever you like around these cones and then the last bit was was gameplay and I came I came off the pitch and I was like can I go again next week please amazing <laughs> um and I just yeah I fell for the game I think um I played at my primary school St Faith's um and yeah just adored it um the, the team aspect for me just like sh- struck me straight away because I was it's probably a bit of a I don't, I don't really know how to describe myself as, as a kid but definitely sport was where I belonged uh, where I felt most comfortable so yeah that's that's what gripped me do you come from a hockey family so my mum so my mum and dad are South African um, and my mum played for the provincial level um, of um, South Africa mm-hmm. until she was probably about 15, 16, around that time. Um, I do have to embarrass her and say that she did. <laughs> we have we have played a ladies fives, fives game together. Amazing. Uh, for Cambridge City. That was when I must, I must have been 13 at the time or something. Um and she drove me to this away match and we realised we only had 10 players. So, so we asked, <laughs> asked my mum and she couldn't walk for a week afterwards. But <laughs> um, So, obviously with everything that's going on at the moment, uh, with lockdown and people not being able to train and all that sort of stuff, uh, you've been doing some fairly creative things on social media, which have been really funny to watch. Um, what advice would you kind of give to kind of young players out there who obviously things that might are going to start to ease a little bit? So we'll obviously mm. see what happens over the over the coming weeks. But assuming like we don't get loads of freedom, like what would you say kind of advice wise for for young players? Yeah, I think I think we're all kind of muddling through it at the same time. So I think the first thing is just kind of being patient and and being like grateful for what you can do straight straight away so like if 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 um you can go and play in the park now now we can um as much as we like then take the take that opportunity um and to focus on on different things i think that's that's what i've had to uh, adapt to and that's why i kind of went into the garden um with and dragged johnny my little brother with me because um like you so rarely in well for me in the in the gb setup you you don't really get to um decide what you do most days because because coaches decide and like you have time before for and after sessions and sometimes we have um like free swim sessions where you can do what you like um but just going out into the garden and just kind of being creative with reactions with with rugby balls and and um seeing what you can come up with has been really quite healthy for me um so I, I definitely say just experiment with different things. I've learned that an exercise mat is very good as an as an astro. Nice. So okay. I've been bringing that out into the garden and practicing some quick drags. Which have been quite fun. Nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, because grass yeah. is a little bit slow now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how it used to be played on grass because I cannot <laughs> trap a ball. Most of these videos you can see like me really trying hard <laughs> it's so I cut most of the things which I missed <laughs> the joy of editing just yeah. cut out what you don't want people to see literally 
Um, now, one thing I'm really keen to to kind of talk about uh, and kind of hear more about uh, is your role with the Women's Sports Trust. Um, looks amazing uh and yeah we'd just love you to kind of explain a bit more about what it's about um to yeah what's your role and a little bit more detail and also yeah what's a bit more about women's sport trust yeah i sir it's been one of the coolest things in lockdown to to get really involved in it because we've been having weekly catch-ups um which have been incredible but so women's sports trust um is an organization um non-profit um to join together uh athlete female athletes from across the uk to try to improve uh, female sport participation and um we call it unlock the future of women's sport so at the heart of the foundation are two brilliant women um tammy parlor um uh, and uh, they they created this organization to um really just to help female athletes like discover their voice so what i'm part of is the game changers academy Um, which connects 40 female athletes this year with 40 activators who are leading um, leading experts in social media, in um, government, in uh, like companies, businesses who have expertise to help us sort of develop as um, I guess as influencers, as role models, as um, to become more visible to young girls. Um, so I'm fortunate that my so my activator is Susie Levy, and she works in the Home Office um, as a non-executive director. Uh, and it was it was such a cool. We had this opening um, we had an opening session where we got given a, a letter, and you'd open it up and you'd see who your activator was, and then you'd go and you'd connect with them, and then you basically it's a bit like mentorship um, to help you sort of just someone to look out for you really and use their skills to help you um develop what you want to in 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 any walk of life um so she yeah she's been fantastic in helping me understand what I want to to do to help hockey specifically become uh, for me it's about us being a pioneer for for gender equality and I'm I'm so proud to play our sport because I feel we are we are leading the way in so many respects um just straight off the bat just the fact that we have international tournaments that are that are joint um like the stoop game for example is incredible yeah and you look to other sports like football and rugby who are struggling to get the same treatment Hmm. so on the one hand it's sort of I'm so proud of what we've done. But then on the other hand, it's like the commercial and the media side, um, not just from a gender point of view, but, but from hockey itself, it needs to be seen because it's such a fantastic sport. And yeah. Universal. Um, the fact that I just mentioned that me and my mum played a, played a hockey game together. is just the, the prime example um, with back to hockey. We've with, with, um, with walking hockey, um, as, yeah, I'd like to help to unlock our unlock. That's that's the word. No, it's cool. 
the potential essentially that's that's what it's all about and i know there's a there's a lot of people out there who are really passionate about making hockey as you know global hockey far more in the in in the public eye and i think of people like you know just somebody off the top of my head like bernardo from self pass like how driven he is to kind of help push hockey forward it's so nice that there are these organizations to not only push the sport but like i say also make sure there's better equality with women's sport and there's you know there's that the limelight it deserves like it needs it as much as anything and you know and i like you say the thing i love about hockey is the fact that you can go on a saturday and you can watch you know premiership men's women's like back to back like they're some of the best days where you can watch the the men's and the women's first teams at home on the same night like super saturdays it's it's amazing like it's so good yeah and it's i think so the reason why uh, I I joined or applied to be part of the the sports trust was because of the work that I've been doing in my geography degree. So uh, this year I so so I study human geography and I've learnt over the last couple of years that um, you can see the world in, through different lenses and one 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 lens excuse me, this is quite theoretical, but you can you can like see the world through an economic lens or a political lens. And there's a lens which is the feminist lens, which is a tough word to say, obviously, but it's just seeing the world through the gender divisions. And this module was all about understanding how society is structured and how there are social, there is social conditioning without without it even meaning to, to occur. So I I was fortunate to be oblivious to the social condition, conditioning when I was growing up. Because <laughs> yeah. I had um, my older brother taking me along to his rugby practice. My parents were encouraging me to go and play judo. Um, I, I didn't really understand the difference between boys and girls until I was probably like 10. So... Uh, I was fortunate that it never affected me, but yeah. having having under like being able to see the effect of um, simple things like different school uniforms or segregated sports. That's why I love hockey because it's it's not segregated, mm-hmm. um, and that has so much power. I can remember we would do. Um, uh hockey is the only sport that you could play in sick form we played boys versus girls like the rugby first team versus yeah. the hockey first team and obviously <laughs> we couldn't play rugby because we would be, <laughs> it would be a bloodbath but we could all play hockey um and i just love that so it's been able to from a theoretical point of view from a geography degree to apply it to real life and then it kind of op- has opened my eyes and that's why i was like i must I must be part of this. Hmm. Uh, it's almost like it's, it connects to the to what I felt about the the GB hockey team, which is that legacy. I feel I feel really it's something deep inside of me that I, I want to help young girls know that, and young boys know that there is a place for them in sport. Yeah, and so what's then what's next with the with the work that you're doing with um, Women's Sports Trust? what's kind of the next step yeah so we all we all are um looking to uh expand like our knowledge and our connections 
and about how we can be better role models or more visible um, and we all can do this in different ways like there are so for example the one of our athletes is Stacey Copeland who is a, a Commonwealth boxing champion the, the first UK a uh, great Great Britain uh, winner and she's created a organization called Pave the Way which is about um, transforming or adapting societies to to help um, pave the way for young girls and young boys to see sport as, as a place where they can belong um, from my point of view um, it's also it all actually started with my dissertation which um, I'm doing on um, on school sport uniform and um, whether it, it should be binary uh, like gendered or not and if it hasn't if it's had an effect it's it's a it's an it's an inquiry basically and in, an interest into into that um obviously i have to make up a, well i have to look at so much literature but i'm more interested in in what it could mean for for young girls going forwards um essentially like whether the, the sport is actually practical um that's that's kind of what i'm interested in it all just started from a from a conversation at dinner <laughs> Um, as you can imagine, just talking about hypothetical, and I'm like, hmm. I wonder. Interesting dissertation. <laughs> um, but so I, I spoke to Susie Levy about um, like how I would go about uh, con- like constructing my dissertation, and then how it could be used potentially in the future for for policy um, in terms of like should there just be a choice rather mm. than it being being said. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what's next from from my point of view but but others have have different um agendas and it's it's been brilliant just to connect with them and know that you're part of something um something something big that's amazing uh your your comment about being a role model is apt we've just had a, a question come in actually uh let me just add this in here uh so from Ian Foster, uh, who has been your sporting role model? Good question. Too many to name, probably. Um, I think my the, the person I've had the most uh, contact with when I was growing up um, was Kate Richardson-Walsh. I remember she, she came when I was in year seven. She came to the Perth school. And at this point, all I really wanted to do was play for England under 16 that was like I was like that's once I've once I've achieved that then I can I can I can be happy um and I remember she came and we had lunch together I'm pretty sure we all just so there's like a a few of us who invited um I'm pretty sure we just talked about um what the school lunch was like (laughs) but I remember she (laughs) she uh I I told her that I, I wanted to to play for for England under 16 and I remember she mentioned it in her talk she said I know there's someone um here who wants to play for England and she it was it was, it was about um about your I love her piece about like finding your super strengths and going for what you dream about and I just went bright red because all my friends were like nudging me and I was like, <laughs> oh, um this is so embarrassing um <laughs> but and then the second time was after she had just won gold and fortunately my my school put on this um evening with Kate and Helen and so uh 
Sarah Richardson uh, was is our deputy head, and she's Helen's sister-in-law. So that's how there was the connection. Anyway, um, I remember after their talk, I sat with Kate um, just just to say thank you, and she put her gold medal around my neck, and she said, um, "Now you go and get yourself one of these." And I just burst into tears. <laughs> Whoa. I was like, oh my word, I, I was, I, I could not sleep that night, I was... That's incredible. But I was, um, but I didn't, at the time, I was in my under-18s, um, under-18 England, and I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't want to be a senior athlete, I just didn't understand it, um, I didn't really, I, I thought it was incredible what they were doing, but I didn't think it was, like, at all achievable, so just the fact that she had taken that time and she almost like believed something that I didn't believe um I think that's that was that was incredible she's Kate is incredible having having been very fortunate to work with her uh as as her coach for a year was just to see a, a tiny glimpse for a year on the inside of the way she operates, um, yeah, she's she's yeah. one of the most inspirational people I've I've ever known, and it's it's funny like having known her, like sometimes you think, oh, did I actually ever say like to her how inspirational she is? But she is literally just like next level in uh, yeah. in what in just the way she goes about everything. You know, I, I remember. London and the whole you know face injury and everything else and but more than that just the way the way she conducted it herself every time she turned up every you know no matter what was going on and I thought you know what you're different you are special human so yeah yeah I, I recently listened to her don't tell me the score podcast um because I was in it was... to listen to yeah it was a couple of weeks ago and I was really struggling with um, with with lockdown and I was feeling like I wasn't connected to what makes me whole, which is which is hockey. And I, was, um, I just I, I, I just needed some inspiration. So I, I listened to it and it was the thing she said at the end that really um, um, hit me hard was about just being curious about things in life um and I think sometimes we can get so obsessed about results and wanting to learn and then like ticking it off your list whereas in lockdown I've I've been able to be more curious about these things um about like reading different things um and curiosity leads to to the the courage to be curious and the piece about being vulnerable and being courageous Link what she she mentioned Brene Brown and I just I just love how she can c- connect those things to the to the hockey pitch and to what we're we're doing um, and it's inspired me to to do the same. Amazing. So uh, a couple of questions from Instagram. Have you ever had any long injuries which have kept you up for a little while? Yeah, so well, I was fortunate growing up that I didn't I didn't have too many injuries. Um, but I experienced my first big injury uh, last summer at the European tournament. I broke my hand um, and 
in the in the in the semi-final of the of the Euros playing Holland. Uh, we don't need to relive the score, but um, it was a hard game for for numerous reasons. I, I broke it in the second quarter. Uh, I knew full well it was broken. I was like, there is no way I'm leaving this team with a player down when when this is the scoreline. So I was like, just just we'll just tape it up. That's fine. It'll be we'll fine. <laughs> I'm sore like a bone. That's 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 not that's not necessary. Um, I remember going to A and E, and Lily came with me, um, and she saw the X-ray first, and she was like, "You need to sit down." And I was like, "I don't want to sit down." She's like. You need to sit down about this. Like, <laughs> what is it? And she was like, "Okay, so you're not going to be able to play tomorrow." And I was like, "Why? I'm sure it's just like a hairline fracture. It's fine." And she's like, "It's snapped completely like that." And I was like, "Oh." <laughs> so, I yeah, that there was. It's hard to be injured, but then to to have to sit and watch helplessly, um, watch the bronze medal, and it was it was more to know that they didn't have that that 16th player oh sorry 18th player um that was that was hard um to just to be helpless really um but i'm i'm grateful for it i decided to be um to change my tune um i went to norway and I don't know, the spiritual homeland of the Vikings somehow like <laughs> resonated some wisdom into me. Um, and I adopted this. I just used the hashtag attitude gratitude because I, I love these little hashtags. Um, <laughs> and I was like, that's, that's what I'm going to live by for the next. Um, I was like, I've got, it was nine weeks until the Olympic qualifiers. And I was like, crikey, this is going to be close, but let's hope the bone heals quickly. So I was like downing calcium tablets <laughs> every four hours. Like, Come on, heal. Um, but the only thing I could control was my fitness. And so I came back fitter than I had ever been. Oh, and then suddenly hockey was, was so much easier when I came back. I was like, oh my gosh, I now understand what they mean that you have to be an athlete as well as a hockey player. Um, so from that point of view, like, Sorry, it's a very long answer. Um, That's all right. Yes, I've had injuries. Next one from Instagram. Was there ever a time when you be- have you have become unmotivated hockey in hockey, and how did you get out of it? I read that really badly, but you get the idea. <laughs> I get the idea. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, it. I think. To answer how do you how do you get out of it? Um, I just try to go back to my why. Mm-hmm. I I remember in my final two years of school, I had to miss Wednesday lessons because of development training, um, and I really I didn't really enjoy it at the time because the girls were much older than me. I was seventeen at the time, um, and I didn't really felt feel like I belonged there. And my mum, bless her, had to drive take take Wednesdays off and drive me up and I I really started to resent going because of of what I was missing and then I started to resent the hockey there um but what changed it for me and when I I realized that I I did want to be there was when when I would go to club training and I'd have a great time there and I'd realize oh my word I do love hockey and if I want to continue, then I'm, I'm going to have to learn to love 
this development training. So then I started to go back and see it as um, a great opportunity. And once I had changed my mindset quite like quite quickly, because I was like, with well, my mum's driving me up there every time, I'm going to have to get something out of it. Um, and if I'm missing double biology, I really need to get something out of it as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so I just come back to the why, which is simply for the love of the game, the the camaraderie, and like at this time, like it's hard to to be motivated because you're not with anyone. You're not mm. it's, it's easy to turn up to a fitness session when you can't be the one who doesn't do the fitness. If that makes sense, like yeah. You can't be the one who doesn't do the last rep, you know, because you're all doing it together as a team. And so what motivates me is like I watch a ton of video <laughs> and I like making little motivational videos and watching that GB hockey's goals of the season, the goals of the of the week. Oh my word, I watch them like <laughs> ten times. <laughs> when when they're throwing it back to like 2014, I'm like, yes, classics through the day. Hockey's <laughs> incredible. I will go out and do my run now. <laughs> I guess I guess that kind of ties in. So another so um, Kiki on Instagram also asked advice for young athletes to keep motivated during during training in lockdown and I guess it's knowing your why I guess Mm -hmm. if you know your why then training's easy isn't it yeah I mean there's definitely times where I have dragged myself um on in into the run and it's only halfway through that I realize that I'm actually really enjoying it but sometimes I like write myself a message after I've been to for a run saying remember you really enjoy going going <laughs> running you really enjoy get working out so don't pretend that you don't and then <laughs> feel bad about it um yeah the why is huge but to be honest like at the same time because we're in such uncertainty you just have to be kind to yourself so some days I have just not felt like I I, I have it in me to do to do um go for go for a run or, or do a session that I'd planned so instead I'll just like adapt it so what like I had planned that I was going to do uh, a high intense one of those hit sessions mm-hmm. but I just woke up and I was like there's no way I can do this <laughs> I was like okay well if I grab a hockey stick maybe this will change my mind and lo and behold the workout hit hockey session on Instagram was created <laughs> I was like I can I can't manage listening to someone take take me through some high knees and some star jumps, but I could put my headphones in and I could make up some exercise. And as long as I'm tired by the end of it, I'm fine. Yeah, you, you've achieved something. Um, so this next question is really interesting because it's what you and I were talking about before we started. So, uh, so what? Uh, your experiences and tips on managing the demands between hockey life and work at university and I think that leads quite nicely on to a bit of memory lane and sort of question which we were talking about earlier yeah so yeah it was funny Mike and I were reminiscing over this what was it an ace camp yeah um, <laughs> I was um, guest speaking at um, so I think the the biggest thing for me that I've learned is that you you can't do everything or in one day and you can't do everything in one hour and you shouldn't put these um unrealistic targets on yourself so I'd say like the what I learned 
doing GCSEs and A-levels and and doing them successfully is I use this this term called the minimum dose strategy. Now, some of you are thinking that means being lazy, <laughs> but I yes, assure you, once on. I explain it, then it won't. So it's, for example, I have an essay due in tomorrow. or not due in tomorrow. I have an essay that I have to do in a week, basically. And I have, I, I'm, it's Monday and I've got a lot of hockey training. So, I, so this, is, this is a true story because I used to have um, Nags Academy on Monday evenings, which were an hour away or somewhere. And you, there was just no time. But I I'd have yeah. about, <laughs> I'd have about, an hour from school until we had to leave and there was no way that I could write this essay but the one thing that I could do was like bullet point the introduction or let's say I've got maths homework that's due in on Wednesday and it's Monday okay well I have a bit of time on Tuesday afternoon but I, I would like to get started and it's Monday so I'm going to do the first two questions what's the minimum I can do right now that's going to help me help my future self deal with it later. So the same strategy can be used for, um, for like injury prevention, because in my head, if I have to do 20 minutes of injury prevention every day, like rolling or glute bridges or something, that sounds like a mammoth task. But if I say, Okay, the minimum that I can, should should probably do is like if, if I'm realistically going to stay injury free, I need to do two minutes of like rolling my calf and five glute bridges, and so now it's manageable. It's the minimum, and then before you know it, you're down on the ground. You're doing the glute bridges, and you've done twenty because you're like, well, I might I'm here. I might as well do it. So by tricking your mind to think that you're doing the minimum, <laughs> you actually end up doing, <laughs> doing more it properly than you anyway. Think. That's why that's why I say now on my runs, I'm like, okay, I'll go for a three k. Okay, now it's five k. Oh my goodness, it's today. Today it was. I was listening to Brene Brown's podcast, and the minimum, which was supposed to just be a three k run, actually turned into a twelve k run, and I was like, oh my word, just <laughs> this too much. Um, but just to answer the question in a different way, um, I think the most important thing that I learned muddling through A-levels and, and and now university um, has just been open communication, that early open communication with your, with your coaches and your teachers. Because if you talk to them as if, if you take some time and, and plan what you're going to say to them, um, I'm really sorry, um, but I can't um, get the homework in until tomorrow because I've, I've got this or I, they would they appreciate open honest conversations that's something that I was probably scared to do right at the beginning but but now just a chat makes such a difference um yeah there's probably that's probably my two nice. so we have three quick fire questions so uh first one uh, what player that isn't currently playing would you most like to have in your squad today? So if you could have anybody in there, we'll say in the GB squad that isn't currently involved, who would it be? Currently involved? Okay, we're going to have to go... To be honest, I think 
so I've heard a lot about Jane Sixsmith. Yeah. So I would I've heard that she is the ultimate goal scorer. Um, I remember coming cro- coming across her. Durham played. I think she plays for Sutton Coldfield. Sutton Coldfield, yeah. yeah. I remember their atrocious away pitch. Sorry, anyone. <laughs> um, but uh, I've heard that, like in her uh, when when she was playing for GB, that she was unstoppable. I would love to be the midfielder to her forward. Amazing. Uh, what are your current focus areas and goals as a player in hockey? Good question. Um, so I'm working on um, explosivity. So. Uh, being able to do a quick drag and it's the cutout after beating a player um, to then get the get then get my eyes up. So that that explosivity. So that's that's a from a gym point of view um, and our, our strength and conditioning coach. Um, I'm working on um, different goal goal shots, but um, Mark Hager has uh, suggests that our forwards become sort of have signature shots um, and really hone in on those. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at my uh, reverse stick low. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from around the shoulders of the D um, so that people can deflect for that. Um, and I'm looking at um, the, the things that are upright um, reverse, like in the air shots, like bumps, yeah, yeah. that sort of like nitty gritty around the, around the area. Nice. And I think, the nitty gritty area, I think, is probably one of your uh, like. It's probably where you shine most on a hockey pitch because <laughs> some of the goals you scored have been unbelievable. Because you just put yourself in places where I'm like, people shouldn't be there, and then <laughs> the test just appears and sticks it in the goal. You're like, okay, cool, here we go. Um, so yeah, was it your? Now I don't want to get this wrong. You scored on your debut for GB. Uh, the the third game. The, the third, third game. game. I knew it was pretty close to you, like pretty close to the debut. Uh, that was yeah. That was a random moment. Oh my god! I don't even know. I <laughs> I couldn't tell you what was going through my mind. But I watched back on a video, and I'm like, "How did you have the guts to do that? Like, what are you doing?" That was amazing. Like, it was so good. If yeah, I we need to try and find that and put that on socials because it was such a good goal. So yeah, good inspiration there. Uh, you can see how shocked I was that it worked. Yeah, you're like, oh, you can, actually, you can see how shocked the entire team is. <laughs> look, Lily looks at the umpire like, is that legal? Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, final one. What new skills have you learnt in lockdown? Is this hockey skills? Uh, let's go one hockey and one not hockey. Okay, um, hockey. I've learned to play hockey with a football, <laughs> which is easier than a hockey ball um, in on grass. Um, no, that's that's a bit of a joke. I've 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 been wor- I've been really working on um, off the off the right foot drags back mm-hmm. um, in big distance, um, like to offset. Okay, I'm I'm playing imaginary hockey right now. That's fine. We're all there. And understand sort of that sort of shot. Yeah. Um, drag. Um, non-hockey um, I've been really getting into yoga and podcasts so it's not really a skill but I mean well maybe it is a skill um, yoga is definitely a skill I've been, I've been doing diff- my yoga during lockdown and it is hard it is seriously <laughs> it is so hard and um, yeah so I've just been learning 
sort of the morning routine I've been really really enjoying setting up the day and I think it's something that I'm going to take into when we're back in hockey nice uh thank you so much this has been an absolute blast and 45 minutes have flown by (laughs) (laughs) well anybody who knows me knows I love a good (laughs) chat so um no it's been incredible to have you on and there's been some real gems in there um we've covered so many different topics it's been amazing um oh there we go we've got one last oh final no we're gonna have to see how if you can answer this one quickly yeah uh so looking back at your own experience of the england pathway what was the best bit and what would you change in the pathway system is this Dita? No. <laughs> no, it's not Dita. No. Um, okay. The best part uh, was being part of the under-18 programme with Sarah Kelleher, mm-hmm. who we built a pyramid of values, and it was the first time that I understood that hockey had more than just on the pitch. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, I mean, I could still recite it to you, be... Um, uh, play hard, play fast, play forward is our baseline. Um, then we've got be gritty, be creative, be champions. I could go on. Mm. But each day or each camp was a value. And I think that was the best thing that could have happened um, at, at that crucial stage of like 16, 17, where I was learning that a hockey player is, is really about your character yeah. rather than just your skills um something that i would change um well they have they have sort of they have changed it but the the whole wednesdays development days for for people who were still at school um it because it was aimed at university um people that was really difficult to manage but they've changed it to the the elite development program which has now is now mostly on weekends but there there is a lot that is during term time and I think the, the thing that I would change um is for it is it's related to the, to the senior setup as well I guess um just being mindful of the like the the wholesome person and that sometimes putting the demands on a say a 17 year old to to come to to Mondays and Tuesday camps when they're in the midst of um exams but to be honest the the revs and the jody who's now taken over development and hannah mcleod who was part of it um is is still part of it they've done an incredible job at making it more accessible because it it was turning people away i think um yeah but now it's looking at the wholesome person's just yeah it's 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 really it's, it's on a a strong trajectory nice um Thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Pleasure. Uh, Yeah. So stay safe. Look after yourself. Um, Yeah, this is, I think we've laughed probably more on this podcast than some of them, but it's been a lot of fun. So thank you very much. And uh, thank you so much. No. And uh, look forward to seeing on a hockey pitch soon. Like, I can't wait for this. It's going to be so it's going to be soon. It's not going to be long. We will be we see in Holland. They're, I know. I'm like, get Holland fish. <laughs> <laughs> transfer to Kampong. <laughs> Anybody from no, Kampong listening? Um, no, thank you very much, and we'll catch up soon. Bye. Bye.